0: I wanted to start with this interesting article that I just found recently, <clears throat> to kind of give you a story uh, or a flavor about what's really happening out there. Um, Would someone get that door, please? Um, the uh, this is th- this saddens me when I start reading more and more articles like this. I don't know if you saw a couple of years ago. There was a, an article in the Journal of American American Medical Association that I talked about um, now has become standard of care <clears throat> to induce pregnant mamas at 39 weeks, rather than letting them go to 40 weeks or 41 weeks. So the, the new standard of care is to reduce to at 39 weeks because um, they have less of a, a risk of more intervention uh, and better outcomes according to what they're saying. Um, but then this article just came out and I love what I like doing is I like, like kind of reading some headlines here and there, and then the headline will tell me about an article that I want to read. So I saw this yesterday, and it says Children born after induction induced labor may lo- score a lower test at 12 years old. Researchers say impact on attainment is small, but medical teams should think carefully before artificially kickstarting labor. Now, I don't know about you, but so, so, so many of our pregnant mamas are being talked into induction. Either at 39 weeks or something in that range 39, 40, 40 weeks they're all being talked into induction because they say, oh, it's just easier. Why wait? You know, if this way is planned and you know exactly what's going on and when it's going to happen, et cetera. Um, and so, so I went into, so if you scroll down, it, it actually tells you where the article was. So I went into the article itself. So it's from a Scandinavian uh, gynecological uh, journal. And if you read the conclusions here, It says, um, in women with uncomplicated pregnancies at term, consistently at every week of gestation from 37 weeks to 41 weeks, induction of labor is associated with lower offspring school performance at age 12 and lower secondary school level compared with non-intervention, although residual confounding may remain. That's huge. That is absolutely huge to say that if you induce labor you're actually going to lower school performance, and it goes on to say right here, because I did not realize the stats, but this is the first time. Now it's not U.S. stats, but it's it's European and Australian stats. Induction of labor at term increased in Australia from 25% in 2009 to 36% in 2019, and the Netherlands, and Netherlands, which is pretty like like open-minded, from 18% in 2009 to 26% in 2020. Uh, of these term inductions, an estimated 10 to 15% are elective, i.e., without medical indication. <clears throat> what that means, like, and someone should look this up and tell me what the U.S. induction stats are. Uh, and maybe someone can find what the, the stats are from like 2009 to 2018 or 2020. But <clears throat> what this means when I look at this is <clears throat> how many of our pregnant mamas are being induced all the time. And they think that there's no ramifications to this. And now, you see, a couple of years ago, and I think I showed you this study, a couple of years ago, back in 2019, in Journal of American Association, there was an article that came out that said C-sections raise the risk of having a child with autism and ADHD. And now there's a paper that says inducing actually lowers school performance. People don't realize that there's risk to this kind of stuff. Now, there's always, there's always a place for C-sections and emergencies and that kind of stuff. I get that. There's always a place for, you know, if you've got a crisis, a crisis, a crisis, do what you got to do during the crisis time. There's no, I have no argument about that whatsoever. What I do have an argument is, is: if, and this is what's getting, what's really making me think about this over and over again, if someone said this particular procedure, Has a higher risk of causing this problem, why would that procedure still be at such a high rate? If knowing that, like, elect, not just elective induction, if elective induction causes uh, some sort of decrease in school performance and elective c sections, forgetting about the emergencies, because those are necessary, but elective c sections may raise the risk of asthma, I mean, not asthma, of autism and ADHD. To me, this is like the ammunition that we need when we're discussing this kind of stuff with our patients. So now I'm giving you the ammunition, right? I'm giving you the papers to talk about when they say, well, I might just induce. Well, you know, I don't know if you know this, but there's a paper came out in 2023 um, from Scandinavia that said actually inducing labor, if it's not necessary to induce labor, inducing labor actually reduces school performance in your kid by age 12. Wow. Oh, really? And let them go back. Right? You don't say don't induce. You just say go back to your doctor and explain that and see if that's what you really want to do. Um, so to me, it's always good. Arm your patients. Make them understand that, that there is ram- there. there exist ramifications to things. There exist things that we don't always know about, but more and more papers are showing this, right? More and more papers out there are showing this kind of stuff. More and more papers are out there showing that there are risks to certain things, and, but people aren't aware of these kind of things. You know, and we talked about, when we talked about preconception a couple weeks ago, we talked about how uh, taking certain you know, drugs during pregnancy raises the risk of autism and ADHD. This is the kind of things that people need to know about because they don't understand, Like, where's all this stuff coming from? This is where it's coming from. This, and amongst many other things. You know, we were talking this morning, one of my other classes, about the, the neurotoxic world that we live in, right? And this is, if we have a preventable way to say, okay, if a kid at age 12 is gonna have a lowered, you know, a potential in school, but if we don't do this, they'll have a higher potential, right? Don't we want to do everything we can to make sure our kids are as healthy as possible? Isn't that the whole goal of what we're doing, right? And this is why more and more people are turning to chiropractic. More and more pregnant mamas are turning to chiropractic. I just got a text just a few minutes ago from a pregnant mom who was 14 weeks pregnant, first, having her first baby. She's like, I never went to a chiropractor before, but <clears throat> I heard it's really good, and I want to make sure my kid is as healthy as possible on I mean, my birth." Is as good as it can. Excellent. This is what people are thinking about now. This is this is the climate that you guys are graduating into. And you're graduating into a very different culture <clears throat> than the culture that I graduated in back in 1989. In nineteen eighty nine, chiropractic was still hush-hush in a lot of circles. Now chiropractic is wide out in the open. And more people, especially since COVID, more people are realizing, okay, the the US healthcare system has completely blown it. Right? Cuz like of all the countries in the world, we're one of the smallest countries in the world, but with one of the highest COVID rates, right? Hmm. All right, what's going on with that picture? Right? So everybody knows that the US healthcare system has failed. Everybody knows that the US healthcare system is neither health nor care. Right? The US healthcare system is all about what insurance will pay for right? <clears throat> My mom, she passed away of cancer a number of years ago. <clears throat> one of the tests that she had, just a test, was $100,000 for a test, for one test. I remember getting the bill after she passed away from Medicare, looking at that, and it was paid for completely. And I called up Medicare and I said, what on earth was that test? And I said, oh, it was the so-and-so test. I said, was that necessary? Here's a woman who's like headed towards hospice And you're going to spend a hundred grand to do some kind of test for what? What was this? And so they called the hospital and they said, well, it was necessary because we wanted to see what blah, blah, blah. I said, we had stopped chemo at that point in time. Why did you do this? Right? Because with the insurance, it's whatever the market will bear. That's how healthcare is. It's just like any other business right now. It's whatever the market will bear. Instead of what can we do to take care of people? Is is induction something that is really necessary, or is it whatever the market will bear? Are C-sections something that is absolutely necessary 33% at a time, or is it whatever the market will bear? And I want you guys to really think about that as you guys are close to graduation and getting out in practice. It's not about how much money you can gouge out of every patient for every visit right? That's not the point of chiropractic. The point of chiropractic is to make everybody be able to receive chiropractic, not just the people with great insurance, right? We have gotten so sidetracked with people saying, like, if you don't have insurance, why can't go to get adjusted? Where the hell did that come from? We taught them that. We taught them that. We have to unteach them that. We have to have a bunch of chiropractors out there who are willing to say it's not whatever the market will bear. It's, what can I do for you? How can I make this work for you? Create plans and prices that make it work for them to allow them to bring their whole family in. You can't spend, you can't say my adjustment is $150 per person. Okay, so you're gonna see families? Probably not. Right? I got a mom and a dad, and they got four kids. So 115 adjustment times, four kids. I don't, I'm not good at math, but that's a lot of money for an adjustment, right? So it's 150, 100, 200, 45. Was that, like 600, 700 dollars, something like that? Mm-hmm. 750, thank you. Thank you, that's why I have an accountant. She does all that stuff for me. Okay, so who's gonna pay, unless you look like Park Avenue in Manhattan, who's gonna pay 700 dollars for one adjustment for them and their family? Probably not, right? So you gotta make yourself think about how can I make affordable fees? How can I, and in my opinion, it's not per visit fees the way that we work in our office, is per month fees. Or per care plan fees. Because if you're paying per visit, that's what that's a medical model. Right? That's whatever the market will bear. How much money can I get out of per person? Right? Not that it's bad or wrong to take insurance, not that it's bad or wrong to charge high fees, but you've got to think about the market. And the market right now is really there is is a very sad market out there. If you think about the amount of suffering that's out there, the amount of angst that's out there. The rate, the amount of anxiety and depression, not just in, in teenagers but in adults, and we have to really, at least in my opinion, you know, Dr. Sid, when I, when he was still alive, he used to always say, "We accept all cases, regardless of condition or financial ability. We accept all cases, not some cases, not like we accept only the cases with really good insurance, which is what most people do. Is we accept all cases." Because I want to see that kid, that, that mama comes in a couple of weeks ago and said, my child on the spectrum is suffering. I have five other kids. You're the only place I can go to. You're the only place I can go to. Number one, because you have the expertise. And number two, because you have created a plan to allow me to bring the whole family in. And that's what I want. That's what I want to be known for in my community is the person that has a conscious, that understands that there is more than just what the market will do and how good the market will allow and how much I can ask, how much I can get out of each visit, how much I can extract, right? Because in my opinion, it's not about me, it's about them. I'm doing it for them. I'm doing it for that little kid. That little kid who now is under care and now we're seeing amazing changes. That's what I want for my family and my community and my practice.